Hey, Jenny. Hey, Paul. Welcome to Jenny and Paul Sellout number 31. Where culture matters and selling out doesn't. That's right. That's our slogan. Do we still have a podcast, Paul? Uh, I just checked. <laughs> and the great thing about, about podcasts is they don't take them away from you. Oh, yeah. No when one, you don't use them. Yeah. Maybe in the future when they become popular enough, they will. Like a like a radio frequency, for example. That, well, yeah, that's true. The FCC will come and take away your radio frequency if you don't use it. This is true. No, I have I have to say I've had two people come up to me and say, "Hey, do, do you still do you still have a podcast? I used to listen to your podcast, but I haven't seen any. Actually, yeah. three people." Well, I mean, that takes us right into the into today's topic, right? Um, <laughs> it's true. It's it is. I I had to declare with with Jenny's permission, of course podcast bankruptcy mm-hmm. we had i think two episodes recorded that i think it may have been three i think i don't it think it's three. three no no i don't think it's three i think it's two I think that it's i i lost and we'll never know we'll never know and i don't lose a lot of and, and, and i'm pretty sure i have the files somewhere but i recorded them using software that that gives it just like a crazy name not like anything mnemonic like x5372 yeah and um I don't know what happened to it. Well, one day when we do a Kickstarter, those will be our <laughs> lost episodes. Yeah. Um, so I was like, Jenny is here in Portland, Oregon. We're physically in the same in the the new podcastorium. Yeah, which is nice because then I can name the podcast file what like Jenny and Paul sell out number thirty one. Yeah. So I will be able to find it. And see, I told you it's all loud outside now. Like it is very loud outside. Yeah. Open. No, I mean, I I felt like your other place was louder outside, but now I I, I believe what yeah, you're I don't saying. Know what the hell's going on out there? Um, shenanigans. Some kind of shenanigans outside the podcastatorium. But yes, Jenny is here in Portland, Oregon, visiting, so we could be uh, proximate. And uh, I, we said, let's let's podcast. I said, but I have to make a confession. I, I lost the files. I'm not. I've been unable to figure out where they are. And that's or unwilling, for me. or unwilling, or unwilling. I, guess, I suppose <laughs> we could just to to really to, to you get can, on, but you've chosen not to, my, which I support. <laughs> my digital archaeologist uh, hat on and, and go spelunking in the depths of my of my uh, archive. So uh, this is this is uh, us going going forward, not allowing the, the the past to hold us back, which I think is a very uh, Jenny and Paul sellout theme. It's true. Um, and, you know, I we were talking about bankruptcy in general because I am um, terrible at answering all messages. At first I thought it was just I'm terrible at phone calls, which I am terrible at. And then I thought I was like, oh, I'm sort of terrible at email. But then it like even branched into text. I'm just terrible at returning messages. I'm just very bad at it. Do you know why? Is there is there a psychological reason behind this? Yeah, I am bad uh, at committing to things ah. sometimes or – uh, I don't want to commit to the thing that the person has sent me an email about. So then I'm like, I'm going to figure that out. And then I just don't. Um, or I, I mean, I think generally it has the best intentions where it's like, oh, I am um, totally going to try and fit that into my schedule. And then I leave it unread in my inbox and that, or, or even read in my inbox. And then like four months later when I clean out my inbox, I'm like, oh, yeah. And there's certain people who definitely write emails to me that are, like, prime for this. And I always blow them off and I feel like a total jerk. Now, how does this how does this work for you at work, right? Because there's, there's, like, personal life stuff where, you know, you need a little loosey-goosey. But work stuff can often, you know, really bite you in the ass. Yeah, I'm not good at that either. Um, <laughs> I, 
I think, well, I basically filter out anything that isn't sent to me directly. Uh-huh. So if something's sent to me directly, it gets into like a gold. That's the only thing that reaches that inbox. You sent something to me only. Do you get a lot of work email? I do. So uh, my employer is a quote unquote reply all culture. Mm. <laughs> mm. <laughs> right now, Paul has a real poker face on. Mm. Um, my feelings on that are not positive. <laughs> um, I can I understand why, and I think there are positive aspects, but there are sometimes when there are very negative aspects to that, where it's like, I don't I don't need all of the replies to someone like. Someone got a promotion. Now we all, everyone in the company has to reply all and say, awesome. And so yeah. if you delete that or archive it, it comes back. It comes back. Now we have the, uh, so the welcome new employee reply all. Um, we don't have so bad across other things. Now, do you think it's it's the reply all culture is like this effort at being transparent? It's 100% that. And okay. so I get that and I like that. And, I, it, and it's easily, uh, if you just put in a few filters, it's fine. Um and I think it's also kind of trying to bridge the aspect between tech employees and non-tech where I have workplaces where this is an engineer's only email or like this is only for the technical employees. So the fact that everyone can see it, I think that is good. Um, I think it's generally good. I'm happy it exists. But there are times when I'm definitely like, I don't need to see this. Or if there's a po- – like in technical things, if something goes wrong, you do a postmortem like, how did this go? Um, how did this project launch go? And everyone gets invited to them, even if you weren't in any way involved with the product. And that's cool, because you could go and be like, oh, how did that go? But then on the other hand, you get a lot of invites to things where you're like, "Is th- what is this? Yeah, so. I think there will be, a- I think there's probably a point of company largeness that where it becomes too much. Now, your company is large. It's like 700 people. Yeah. Yeah. I mean... Compared but to the company been, I work yeah, for. Yeah, that has drastically is, changed in the last year. So, yeah. And I like – I mean I like that impulse uh, having worked at other organizations where um, often the left hand didn't know what the right hand was doing. Mm-hmm. And you didn't know whether that was intentional, whether you weren't supposed to know, whether you were sticking your nose into something where someone's getting mad at you about or whether it was just merely accidental and, you know – it was going to bite you in the ass later from not knowing. Right. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, I think that is the thing. Like when I started, I was like, oh, I'm invited to this meeting. That must be relevant to me. These people want me to at this meeting. And then I showed up at this meeting where I was like, I know maybe 20% of the words that are being said in this meeting. I'm, and there's only three people here and I've never met any of them. So I probably am not supposed to be at this meeting. Yeah. And I try to, you know, and maybe this is uh generational, I try to treat email as a very uh, – I try to treat it like it's an intrusion to other people. So that means – When you send it out. When I send it, right? So sometimes – and I and I talk sometimes with, with people about it and, and say, would you prefer to be CC'd or not? And some folks are like, no, no, no. I want that. And I'm like, great. I just – I will ask them outright because – Maybe uh, it's just something clogging up your inbox from something more important that I'm just sort of making sure you're aware of, you know. So I will ask that these days because there are times – and I'm pretty good at the filter, but I don't get a lot of work email because I don't – well, mostly – I mean I get plenty of email internal, but we're not a very big organization and I don't deal too much with people outside of our organization. Well, <laughs> well, I think the reply all thing also hurts that situation because someone might 
send an email to 12 people and but be specifically asking me a question and I will not notice that for several days because I'll be like, that's in the trash email. Yeah. I don't care. About so, that, I mean, it is not a foolproof system. Um, but generally also, uh, I have a specific enough field where if someone is talking about the word taxonomy, then I probably should know about it. So, like, I can also search for that and be like, okay, this is for me. You know, this is not for me. Um, that's somewhat useful. So I think work, it's actually not hard. Because there is so much reply all, it's I could actually limit it. But like in personal email, it's just all to me, you know. Yeah. So do you think is it? So you said it's a lack of commitment, or or fear of commitment. Sorry. Or is there a uh, is it or is it? They often say like we're we're very bad predictors of our future selves. Even that future self is like. You know, like four days from now, you know, so like we think future Jenny will uh, will be on top of it and be ready to take care of this thing. Uh, oh, I see. I feel the email. opposite. I feel I'm like future Jenny, like right right now, Jenny wants to go to this social commitment that someone has emailed me about. Future Jenny may want to lay in bed. <laughs> so it's likely future Jenny will want to lay in bed. So uh, I will wait or. It's like, hey, I have to plan travel and I don't know it right now or I'm waiting on someone. So part of it I have realized is a lot of times I am not responding to someone because I am waiting on someone else's email, which is just like a giant loop of us all waiting for someone else's email. Yeah. When does that break? <laughs> I know, right? Um, so, I mean, I guess I would like to make a commitment to be better at committing to things over email, but or... Well, I've 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 made some commitments where I've or I've made some new strat. I've had some strategies. Uh, anything that has an unsubscribe in in the in the email, I just I just that goes to a, a like a trash folder. Got it. So that has only resulted in problems when someone who is my real friend forwards me something and is like, "Do you want to go to this thing?" And then I never see it. Hmm. Um, but you could always have uh, you could also have a folder for that friend, so you would see that something goes in, like anything from that friend. Sure. Yeah. I mean, but that could be any of my friends. Any of my friends could send me and forward me an email and be like, "Do you want to go to this thing?" Um, and then generally you need to whitelist them. Yeah, it's true. I do need to whitelist <laughs> all of my friends. That does not seem. Yeah. So uh, that helps. But I mean, I don't I don't think it's a sense of like, I think a lot of people have email problems where they're like, I get too much email. I can't read it all. That is not my problem. My problem is my friend sends me an email. I look at it. Then I mark it as unread again. And then it just sits in my email inbox. Yeah. I, the thing I want to practice, which I still yet do not, is the sort of is the I will respond to it right away, even if my response is sort of non-committal, non-response. Like, I got this, got to need to figure it out. Right. Yeah, no, that's a good idea. Uh, you know, but then you, then it requires that you sort of turn that into an action item, I suppose. You know, it gets into the sort of getting things done uh, genre where it's now we got to turn that into a to-do. And, and I'm always, you know, managing that to-do list is always this uh, ever-evolving thing i'm pretty good at managing a work to-do list but the to-do list outside of anything that's work i don't and there's no good reason because i should just do it all together i should just and and there are weeks when i do that and i'm pretty effective but um for reasons for reasons that i uh i think have mostly to do with uh laziness i don't do it every week because that usually requires sitting down and thinking about 
what I'm going to do this week. Well, I think the thing from my, I think there are two things. I think the idea, there's this idea that you shouldn't check your email unless you could actually actionably do things with it, which I do believe in, but is functionally like not realistic in a lot of ways. Because often it's something which is on fire and needs to be dealt with. Right. Or like, I mean, today my friend just emailed me about where should we go for dinner? Like that is something I have to respond to between now and then. But the rest of the things in my email are not now and then like things I need to deal with. But then I guess my other issue is like I'm I'm currently looking at my email. So I am pretty ruthless about my email inbox having stuff in it. So for me, if it it's all it always has like less than 30 things in it. So if there's something in my inbox, it means it is very important and I you need to deal with this. That is like how I guess I deal or uh, how what mm-hmm. that means. Um but uh I'm looking at it right now and there's like several requests on my time essentially that are either things where I'm like I don't really want to do that, but I also really don't want to say no to that person <laughs> or I would do that but I have to talk – I have to, like, look at a calendar and think very hard about which dates I can commit to. And then once I commit to those dates, then I'm, like, sort of stuck there. So if something else changes, then I'm sort of annoyed. Like, to me, uh, especially if someone is asking for my time, my feeling – and I should just email them and say, like, let me figure out my schedule, like you just said um, – for me, uh, I'm like, I would like to wait till the last possible moment till all my other stuff is fixed, and then I can say yes to them. You see, I mean, this is why we all just need a secretary. Yeah, or I a agree. a personal assistant who, who, Task will, who will do that for <laughs> you. So, but let's get back to the, the, the bankruptcy idea here. Yeah. So, so the idea here is, are you saying that you would like to declare bankruptcy? No, I, I think I'm not currently in a bankruptcy situation. Okay. I think I think there are many conversations which I uh, commit email bankruptcy on just by not looking at them. Um, there was like email – was it was – I think it was the reply all Yeah, guys. they did an email – Forgiveness day for, or something yeah, like this? Yeah, amnesty. Oh, uh, email amnesty. Dead forgiveness. That's yeah, what it was called. Yeah, uh, what day was – it, was it Memorial I Day or something like that? I think it was like, like April 30 – some April, I don't know. Yeah. It's a reply all as a podcast. Yeah. Uh, and they, they yeah, invited people to declare their, their sort of email bankruptcy on this day saying in that you would just – sort of reply to people or I don't actually know what the operational aspect it was, of it was. It was that you could reply to anyone no matter how long ago they sent you an email oh, okay. and they had to pretend that that was totally okay. Got it. And that you hadn't spent like four months not replying to them. Right, right. And that's, I mean, you know, what I've learned to do from the other end of things is just send, continue to send follow-ups. Yeah, which is actually what I would <laughs> like people to do, although I feel more like an asshole that I have not replied to their email. But that's fine. That's fine. Oh, I try to be very nice. No, it's not about them at all. Yeah. Again, that's like I like much like many of our it's not about the other person at all. Generally, if I'm avoiding your email, it means I have to say no to you and I don't really want to. I have to figure that out and I just haven't gotten around to it. There's some other extenuating circumstance that depends on that, but instead of just telling you that, I'm just ignoring your email. Right. I'm a big fan of bankruptcy, I think, Um, mostly because I think it's important to wipe the slate clean sometimes and that we hobble ourselves by attaching a moral weight to all sorts of things which are not actual moral questions. So if we think about like actual bankruptcy, financial bankruptcy, right? People don't want to do that. I mean, certainly there are real-world penalties. So putting aside the fact that there are actual real-world penalties to, to bankruptcy, we, you know, in, in our sort of uh, – in our 
kind of Calvinist Christian culture, you know, it it's like, well, not making good on your debts is a morally bad position, right? Oh, 100%. My, my email situation is a moral, like, beating myself up, like... Yeah. But I don't want to say no to this person who's very nice and who wants me to do this thing that I have absolutely no interest in. Yeah. And and so, but, you know, in that larger thing, right, it's like, so we can't sort of declare our debts of overwhelmness. And yet, you know... We have this means in our in our in our legal culture to say, "Hey, uh, I can't pay my debts, and I need to be absolved or, or help with working them out." Right, and of course, the the penalty is that you have a bad credit rating, right, or and it makes it harder to, to borrow money. Although maybe you shouldn't borrow. Yeah, money. let's just not borrow money. Right. Well, I mean, there, there is that. Right. <laughs> now, it can complicate your life down the road, but yet at the same time, it is a legally sanctioned way. And yet people attach, like there's very much in our culture, I think you look down on people who have declared bankruptcy. Sure. Unless your name I mean, is Donald Trump. I mean, I personally Trump. do. Yeah. Very He's, much so. No, I don't. <laughs> right. Or, or you know, um, during the housing crisis, right, there are, all, there are lots of folks who's, you know, who were underwater in their mortgages, where where they owed more than, the, than their house was actually had a market value for. And in a lot of cases people were advised, well, just quit paying your mortgage because you don't have a moral obligation to pay your mortgage. You have a contractual obligation, but the contract has a stipulation that if you stop paying your mortgage, X, Y, and Z happen. And then it becomes the obligation of the lender to execute on X, Y, and Z. And there ended up being lots of people who lived in houses for months, if not years, without paying the mortgage because their lender didn't get around to to taking action on it. And and again, I think a lot of people didn't want to do that. They're like, oh, but then it's bad because I'm not, I'm doing something wrong. You're like, no, you're actually following the letter of the law and your contract. Yeah. It, you know, now of course, you know, it's in your best interest to make some accommodation and and to figure out what to do if, and when they decide to, to kick you out. But if they don't, that's on them, not on you. You're doing nothing wrong because you're, you have the option in your contract to not pay. I think that uh, in general, like the email and so I, I've most frequently heard email bankruptcy be referred to in terms of like an inbox zero or like I need to just clean slate and find a new way to like deal with my email and then I will be so good at it after I've figured out this new way, then it will be fine. So I will put all of my email in an email bankruptcy file. But I think uh, it's sort of similar to how especially America loves like new fad diets. Mm-hmm. So it's like, well, I'm going to eat only grapefruit. So I'm going to throw out all the things in my house. But then like a month, you're like, I'm going to eat only meat and I'm going to throw out all the vegetables, you know? So um, while I think if it helps you going forward with a plan, I think it's a great idea as in our case. Um, but I think in general, it's often just a patchwork for being kind of rude uh, well, and, I mean- and, and being like, I'm so busy. Part of that, like, I'm so busy culture. Well, yeah. I mean, I think though we also have to think about all this. I mean, you know, if we think about it as a conversation, right, that email or even phone messages, et cetera, are a conversation. And somebody doesn't – if you're sitting in a room with somebody, they don't answer you back, right? Uh, you, They're you, a jerk. Well – <laughs> or you 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 try and find you out shout why. louder. Or you need to shout louder. <laughs> well, I mean, I think there's a little bit of that. So I do think that that you know, to some extent, if somebody isn't answering you, right? I mean, I I, I think trying to interpret too much meaning into that is, is always trouble because our tendency, I think, as human beings, is to think, oh, she hates me, he hates me, he doesn't. As want As opposed to, to like it went in the wrong folder. As opposed to it went in the wrong folder, they forgot, they don't 
you know, they they want to do this but can't commit, they're overwhelmed, you know, all the other cuz mostly, you know, for most of us in our lives, everything has to do with us and not about you. Of course. Right. We're mostly concerned about us and not about you, and so our feelings about you are probably not that important whoever you are. Um unless we really hate you, in which case or we really you like you. Us? Really yeah. like you. Or in case yeah, we really like you. Then that I'm probably going to answer your email. Yeah. That that's a different that's a different story. Um you know, I think, you know, so as the, as somebody else, you know, in our own email habits and emailing other people, I think we also have to be like, okay, uh, email again, email, you know, sort of, and I think often it's, it's, you know, what I've learned, and this is sort of from business culture, but often also when you're working in like, uh, in say podcasting and you have deadlines or when I, when I write freelance deadlines, I'm very clear about, I need, you know, um, I need to hear from you by this date and then follow up on this date. Right. And to sort of. You know, and, and there, often there's an implied date. Like if we're talking about dinner on the 30th, yeah, there's obviously there's a deadline there. But, but if I don't read that email until the 31st, then I'm like, oh. Yeah. Like sometimes I just won't read the email at all sure. until far after the date. I've often put this in the subject line in some cases. Yeah, that's a good idea. So people know or, you know. Or but it comes up in a blurb if you have like Gmail, the first line, you know. But yeah, I mean, I think that's part of it is that, you know, we have to just become, I think part of it is also extending to other people this understanding that we kind of wish for ourselves and that sometimes one communique is insufficient. It's it's yeah. not like a, it's not like a registered letter. But I think that's also a like, if it's your friend and they are commenting about you going to dinner and they have to email you three times every time you go to dinner – well, Perhaps yeah. they will stop emailing well, you. Then, they I mean, like... I think, right, but that, that's on you. <laughs> no, you... it is on me. No, I'm 100% <laughs> think this is on me. But I'm saying, like, I think that there is some idea that, like, oh, we should be pretty reasonable. Like, if someone doesn't reply to your email, they're probably doing the same thing you do, and you should just email them again. But I can definitely see that if... Or change they've... method. You know, go to text, go to phone calls. Yeah, I'm bad at all of those. Never, fo- never call me on the phone. That's never going to help. <laughs> Um, I mean, like, I unless you're like stranded. So you just don't want friends. I do want friends. See, this is the thing. This is why it's awkward. I just want them to be like this time and place, show up, and then I would be like, okay. I don't like like the five emails in between, which are like, what are you available this Friday? And you don't Where do that. You're actually dinner? pretty good in, in your in making. Uh, I will say, as your friend, uh, in making positive communication in terms of I will be here at this time. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That if is what you want I need. To see me, yeah, that is what I need. Then you you should do this, right? And you you don't tend to you. Do, it seems like you don't do. I mean, certainly there are times when you need someone to respond. Like if we're going to make uh, podcast plans, that requires uh, a little bit more than I'm just going to be here. You know, not be like right. I'm on this Google Hangout waiting for you to come on and record it <laughs> for four hours. For four yeah. hours. Uh, <laughs> but there are you definitely though you you uh, for for the sort of in person social occasions. I, I know you, you do that. We we I mean certainly meeting up uh, the other day. You you sort of said to everyone I know in Portland, I will be at this place at this time. And people showed up, and that is because no one would make any plans with me, which was was totally what I do. So I'm, I like, I was like, f these people who are my friends who will make no plans. Um, so I have noticed. I think that's maybe a general trend. Like I think I have had better response to that idea of like, hey, I'm going to do this thing. If you want to join, that's awesome. If you don't, that's cool too. Um, and I think that allows people to do the last minute decision where mm-hmm. like they didn't have to commit. Yeah. Um, but very few of anyone's friends are like, I'm going to go to this movie alone. If you want to come, come, you know, right? They, like generally an email will be like, hey, do you want to hang out? When are you free? And then you reply and you're like, I'm free on the 30th. And they're like, oh, I'm out of town. 
What about the second? Oh, I'm out of town. What about the fifth? Okay, that works. Uh, should we go to dinner? Okay, right, yeah. where are we what, going to dinner? Like, that is, a, that is a, yeah. No, I don't want like I. That is fr- very frustrating to me. But I think you know when I think about this, you know, and I'm I, I'm thinking about like you've heard in history, right, that there are often these like conclaves of creative or or interesting people, right. Uh, and you know they all met at at, at some restaurant, and and you, what you realized about it is that there was no like, oh, should we go do this or do this? It was just somebody declared, we will all meet at Eileen's at four, <laughs> every or you know whatever, every, every you know, and then whoever showed up showed up, but you know there was always some some basic uh, conglomeration of people at this place at this time regularly, right. And, and uh, you know, and, and, and this would have been, you know, and you think about, you know, this would have been times before cell phones and emails when maybe people had a, had a home phone, right, in terms of being able to make these sorts of arrangements. Uh, you know, and being able to sort of say, and then there's something to be said for that, you know, a little bit of like, you know, standing appointments or declarative appointments. I will be here. You know, it just sucks if you go, I will be here and nobody else comes. Well, yeah, that does suck. Uh, well, and I do think that maybe the I like how you uh, associated the old phone landline mm-hmm. thing. I think that might be part of it because you're like, well, I might come. I'll text you 15 minutes before or you know what I mean? And that sort of allows you to like lame out on things a little bit more, I think. I try very hard not to lame out on things. Uh, you know, again, that's uh, to me, that's often that's future Paul and present Paul uh, not knowing each other very well. And uh, because uh, – I mean, you know, and in, 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 even future Paul, like an hour from now, Paul, right? Where, where, where I'm <laughs> he like, wants to take a nap. <laughs> we're like, right, right, no, no, like present Paul is like, I want to stay home, and I'm feeling overwhelmed, and 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 you know, I feel like I have work to do, so I shouldn't go to this party. And yet, future Paul at the party is having a great time, and is like, I wasn't gonna do any damn work. I was home. I was gonna take a nap or do something stupid with my time, right? And even in that sort of idea, and, you know, in the sort of like, we always think future me will have much more time and energy to do this thing. Right. Right. Or, oh, see, again, I think the opposite email. of that. Because I know I won't. Um, but <laughs> um, I think I have definitely noticed because, uh, you know, as a person who uh, lives alone, um, I think I am more frequently in a situation where I can be like, where someone can call me and be like, hey, in 15 minutes, do you want to hang out? Um, or at least historically I have been. And since, like, I now leave town for one week a month or so, um, I've noticed a lot of my friends, especially locally in Chicago, will say, like, oh, well, you're always out of town. And right. I appreciably am not out of town more than I ever have been. But because it requires, like, any advanced planning – I've, I have a lot of friends who I basically I'm not friends with anymore because they will not go out of their way to make a plan. Um, and I think that is an that is also a side effect of this, like, oh, we're always over, overwhelmed with, like, invitations or emails or Facebook invites or something. So it's like, hey, do you want to hang out in three minutes? <laughs> like, is like a thing. <laughs> uh, which, like, oh, usually will not work for me in general. And yet you used to do that in the old days with just the phone days. You'd call somebody up and yeah, say, no, hey, what are you doing? I mean, I think when I I am open to those, but I think half the time they work and half the time they don't. And I think uh, if they don't, there's a higher percentage of a chance that a person will not call you back and and do a, you know, I I think I used to make myself far more available to people 
in that way. And now I'm like, no, let's actually make a plan. And now that we actually have to make a plan, it's like, no, it's just not. Like, <laughs> I like I realized that a lot of me hanging out with people was me working around their schedules, but it never going the other way. Uh-huh. And to me, I was like, okay, well, this is an interesting test. Are they listening to this podcast? Possibly, possibly they are. You should make a plan to hang out with me. That is my that is my opinion. Um, Although you'll probably email me and then I won't reply, so maybe you shouldn't. This is just barely know. about bankruptcy. Yeah. This is really about. <laughs> no, I mean, I guess my feeling. Well, so this is this is why I think the bankruptcy is is kind of bullshit in a way, because I feel like if you're if you've committed bankruptcy before and you're doing it more than once or in more than one kind of communication, it's less about. Oh, well, this is going to start – that's why I compare it to a fad diet. Like now I'm going to I'm gonna be the better so person. So what you're saying is I've, de- I've used my one podcast bankruptcy chit? No, I think it actually helped us get back. So that's fine. But I think in a lot of cases, especially with like email or something, it's like it's this New Year's Eve, you know, New Year's resolution of, oh, now I'm going to be a better person and I'm going to answer all the email just because I, I, I archived those 30 emails I didn't reply to, it's going to be totally different now. And actually, I think what you need to think about is like, well, why am I not responding to these things? Right. Like, why does it make me feel bad when I open my inbox? Like, is that good or bad? If that's, if that's reasonable, like, why are people sending me emails that make me feel bad? Maybe I should look at that. And I feel like that's where I'm at, where it's like, uh, these shouldn't make me feel bad. That is my own issue that these make me feel bad. It, declaring bankruptcy on this email is going to do nothing to help me in this situation. It's only going to be like, oh, Jenny doesn't really respond to email. <laughs> like, right. it's not going to make a huge change in how I respond to email. It, I think thinking about why you're not responding to the, those specific emails, like looking at the emails and being like, oh, okay, well, this is just some garbage email I need to unsubscribe from and I never have. And this is some email about time commitments that I just need to get better about. And like, let's figure out how to do that as opposed to like, I'm just going to shelve all these. Sort of like how financial bankruptcy is, you know, maybe maybe you don't borrow money right. for a while. <laughs> like just committing the bank of financial bankruptcy doesn't make you all of a sudden really good at debt. Right. Yeah. It just maybe means you shouldn't have it for a while it's like and you see know, how that yeah, goes. Yeah, you know it's sucky, but you haven't learned anything yet. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you, you maybe could – now you might be motivated to learn things. But I do think that with like digital bankruptcy, it tends to be like – oh, I just don't want my friends to be mad at me as opposed to like, maybe I should be better at friend things or maybe I should not attach this emotional moral weight to emails. Right. I think that's important. But I, I think I think back to, you know, again, going to to the pre uh, at least pre texting and, and, and email era. If, if you called someone a bunch of times and they didn't uh, they didn't call you back. Um, a lot of times you'd start to wonder, are they dead? And, yeah, and I'm you concerned. go and knock on their door. Right, <laughs> not, not merely the "how dare you ignore me," but the <laughs> "are you still alive?" Because <laughs> you're not answering your phone or calling me back. Well, and I think part of it too, <laughs> except is, they know you're alive because you're still on Facebook. Yeah, right, you're still yeah. on Twitter or, but that's what, or another Instagram. Thing, because I think there's an ephemeral nature to like a direct message on Twitter, where like three days later I'll be like, "Why do I have one in my Twitter?" But I never got like an announcement. Mm -hmm. And then I'll be like, oh, someone direct messaged me three days ago and asked a really like time sensitive question. And I didn't see that. Well, that's the problem with having 19 different ways to communicate. It's like each. And and that's why even I, I, you know, I know a number of folks who are like, I will not be on Facebook. And they all have their various reasons from the sort of like, I think Facebook is evil to the. 
it's one more thing to keep track of. I don't want to keep track of, et cetera. And I, and I often understand that because I, I can see how it just in as much as it I think for me, it helps in sort of maintaining a lot of relationships, right? Or being in touch with people I'd like to be in touch with who otherwise I wouldn't be. I wouldn't make that extra effort. Um, but at the same time, it adds this whole other set of overhead of one more thing to keep track of, one more thing to respond to. And on, right? It, it, and, and, well, and, and everyone and, is good at one of them. And then like, maybe. Your, yeah, maybe one of them. <laughs> and your friend will like message you in the thing they're good at. And then you're like, I, like if you Facebook message me, that's like throwing it into the ocean. Like there's just no reason. Just don't. Don't ever do that. Like people will do that with pressing. Or like, I guess, again, my feeling is like a lot of them, even though there's a lot of, of types of way of, of communication, sometimes the alert they're supposed to make does not happen. So I just wonder if maybe as human beings, Mm -hmm. right, like all of this, what we fail to take into account, or at least maybe I fail to take into account, is that every mode of communication requires some degree of cognitive overhead. You know, there there is a processing price to this. And that we don't take that into account and therefore we don't allocate that resource if you will you know it's sort of you know it's sort of if you think about inbox zero if you're going to practice something like the inbox zero requires that you do that sweep right that you have one you have both kind of a practice a discipline if you will where you you don't open up email unless you're going to act on things you do but then you still have to do the sweep where you kind of clean out the crud because in the moment you don't always have that um and that's overhead. And I know when I do like a sweep of the inbox, you know, if, I, if I'm really good about it and do it weekly, it's not so bad. But if I let it go for a month or two, that's like it's a whole afternoon is gone. Oh, see, mine doesn't take that long because of the filtering. But I feel very morally superior after I do it. <laughs> well, and, and I guess my filtering and you're right. But, you know, why don't I have those filters? And it's because I don't sit down and, you know, it's it's because you just need to sit down one afternoon and, and figure out what filters you need and make them. Yeah. And yeah. Then I don't do it because that's overhead, right? I am. Yeah. I'm in a process of like, uh, so part of the unsubscribe all goes to this folder is to unsubscribe from all of those things. Um, and then also, uh, I'm just like unliking everything on Facebook or unfollowing everything. So eventually it will only be like probably 50 people let's let's right. get real i'm in the process with email of trying to have i have two accounts that i'm using one is like everything that might be vaguely commercial or whatever so that i know if i want to find out about specials or deals or some stupid shit like that it's in one account and the other account should mostly be everything else in life yeah i mean twitter is wholly unusable to me at this point like all i do is tweet things and and like look at when people respond to me I would like to use it, but, like, there's just too many – there's, like – it's a social thing now where you meet someone at a conference and they follow you on Twitter and then you have to follow them on Twitter. And then, like, I don't actually want to read – maybe I do or maybe I don't. Like, you know what I mean? But it's, like, I think it's more of a social, like, now we have to be friends on Twitter. Um, so, yeah, I just don't look at Twitter at all. Although I do need to filter that. If I filtered that, it would be really useful. But I, I literally yeah, don't Yeah, I do use lists in, in TweetDeck, which helped yeah. me, like – you know, keep track of friends. Mostly. I just need to sit down and do that. But again, I have not or done hashtags. that. Yeah. yeah and, and, and it's just, I am like Twitter bankrupt times a thousand. Right. I'm like, well, mm. and, and with Twitter, I think it's people are much more understanding of it because it is, it's much more ephemeral. Like the thought that like somehow you're going to get some, uh, really, uh, um, uh, life changing tweet. <laughs> 
if if you have the Twitter app for iOS, it does this thing now where if like three or four of your friends favorite something, you get a like a a ping that's like four of your friends and it has their names. I haven't noticed that. Have favorited this thing. And hmm. though it's kind of dumb and I and it about half the time is useless. The other half the time it's like this is kind of actually interesting. Like this is probably something I should care about cuz like five of my friends do. Um, so I actually kind of like it, even though it's probably a bad idea. And then I wonder, maybe I'm just too old. Like maybe, 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 yeah, maybe a young brain is better at handling all of this extra cognitive processing required to manage all the sociality and, uh, then it just, then your ability to do it just sort of declines. Mm, I, I mean, for me, at least that I don't, I mean, maybe you are old, but, um, for <laughs> me, I don't think that's the issue. I am older than you. Yeah. Uh, mostly because... Like, I, for me, it's, I think it's a form of communication. Because if anyone wanted to video chat, I'd be like, yeah, let's video chat. But if they were like, they called me on the phone, I'd be like, no, no. Well, nobody talks on the phone anymore except old people. <sighs> I have like three friends who consistently call me on the phone. And I will loudly talk about how much I hate talking on the phone as much as is humanly possible. And none of them have really understood that yet. And it's a very sad situation. Hmm. So what you're saying then is that bankruptcy is, you know, and really we're making recommendations, sure. shall we say, Once, right? Once, twice, like, reasonable. If, if you, you know, right. It's reasonable, but you may be hurting yourself in the long run or at least not helping yourself if you sort of use bankruptcy as an excuse just to get out of obligations. I think you should think of bankruptcy like abortion. <laughs> okay. <laughs> because – you should be – it's like It shouldn't side. be your birth control. Like you yes. should be using another method. And it's probably maybe, in your best interest. Yeah, and maybe saying. thinking about not why – Not that it's moral. Not that there's a no, moral quality. No, just that it's maybe in your best interest. Um, but yeah, but maybe think about like how you got in this situation. And if you keep getting in this situation, maybe there's some prophylactic me- method that could get you out of this situation that like but isn't that everything in life yeah you know? no it's true yeah isn't you have to like make plans in life, yeah. right like you know that if you find yourself in jail right for instance uh you know and, and for something that you probably that you probably actually did as right. opposed to being you know you go hmm how might i avoid this in the future as i have a friend uh kurt who has a who had um was was living his life in a crazy what manner and his car was um registered at his dad's house and so he got a number of tickets and so his dad saw him he was a adult uh and his dad just shook his head and said i don't like the way you're living your life and whenever something like that happens to me i've never been to jail that's not one of the things that has happened to me i think of kurt's dad saying to me mm-hmm. i don't like the way you're living your life and then i have to change that <laughs> um and i'm sure kurt's dad has no idea that uh he has ever had that sort of impact on me <laughs> But it is it is a phrase that I hear in my head when like I'm like yeah that's not good like maybe this needs to change so yeah I mean I think if you're if you're committing bankruptcy in any format more than once especially more than once a year or something like you I don't like the way you're living your life think about it right I mean it's even like in you know and I think like quitting a job is often a sort of bankruptcy um, and, and again not in a, not in a bad way right. I have definitely quit a job as bankruptcy. But I know a lot of people who who have not quit jobs, I think, 
I've known them over over the years where because in a lot of ways they're like, well, but eventually these projects need to be finished. You know, like you're doing this work and, you know, and you 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 care about your job, you care about your work and maybe there's things you hate about your job that are. But yet there's always a, a certain amount of pride, I think, which is healthy that you're like, oh, but what will happen to this project? Or I always meant to kind of get this thing in order and. And I can't quit until I do, right? And then to some extent, when you, when you quit a job, you, you just have to be like, whoop, hands up in the air. Yeah. Things, or- everything's going to lie where it lies. And of course, you know, part of that is sometimes the reason that thing never got finished is because no one else cares whether it got finished. Yeah. And it was just a little something, you know, you cared more than anyone else did. <laughs> or this is like, I like, this is how I, I used to move across the country about every five years. And it was a really awesome way to like figure out which possessions of yours are, as I'm right. sure you know, uh, great because you're like, oh, these are all crap. I'm moving in a U-Haul. This is what is important to me. Uh, it's like a redefining of what is important. Yeah, I think you, you can use that. Yeah, it- and when bankruptcy is that, that's great. But in, I think, especially with it being like a tech catchphrase now, I think it's more often like. Is it? Is it? I guess. Is it a tech catchphrase? I think so okay. I mean, I well, I think the fact you're I, more in touch with that. I these think days. the idea. I no longer listen to Back to Work, so I, I don't know. I don't know that anyone does, so it's not. A, um, but I don't. I think it's more of a like, let's pat ourselves on the back for for giving ourselves a break when, in fact, we're just being rude, as opposed to like making a real difference. You know, again, I think it's like it's sort of like the let's uh, pat ourselves on the back for going to Weight Watchers, but not actually like making any changes in our life or watching an exercise show instead of working out. So so I just joined a gym and this is, uh, so I, I I was going to the gym fairly regularly uh, when I lived in Chicago, we moved and I kind of thought, Oh, I'll work out at home or I'll get into a routine. Yeah, That does not work. It turns out, I mean, you know, so I'm good at walking, bicycling and things like this, but I wasn't getting any kind of like real, like muscle uh, workout. So finally we're like, okay, we should, you know, Finally, we'll, we'll go, we'll, we'll get the gym membership and found a way to, to fit it into the budget and everything. But we go and at, at this gym, uh, you go in and when you first sit down, they really put you through the paces of like, where we're going like, so how many times would you say in the last 10 years you started and stopped an exercise routine or diet? Wow. And and I and I feel like it's like a tough love. It's like they really want. It's like in a way, it's like wow. So you don't really just want to take my money and hope I never show up. You actually want me to succeed at this. This is kind of nice. And 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 then you get a free like fitness evaluation when That's you when cool. you sign up. And is it, it a chain or is it yeah connected? LA Fitness? Mm. Um. So yeah, it's a chain. And uh, then I sat down for the fitness evaluation and similarly going over the goals and like well you know and why did you why haven't you been in a couple of years and yeah I'm like, oh, I moved. And, you know, and it's like, and I kind of thought I would do it at home and I was never consistent and never found a good way to do it. And I realized I just have to leave the house because I work at home too, right? right? right, right. I have to leave the house. I need to have somewhere to go. And it's a lot more convenient if you already have like all the machines set up and, you know, I don't have a home gym or something like that. And they're like, well, why did it take you to? I'm like... Uh, no good answer. I don't have an answer for that. Yeah, you know? yeah. And, and, and it wasn't like you know, an interrogation. She was like, right. okay, well, do you think you'll be able to be successful here? What are your goals? And I'm like, that's, that's a really good question because I, I, you know, I don't want to just sign up and then feel good about having signed up. You know, because it certainly it was a certain declaring a bankruptcy, like my plan of like, I will work out at home did not happen. So I had to kind of declare a, a new way. And I, you know, and I'm like, because I said, because I really don't like not doing it as <laughs> like, I remember when I did it regularly, I felt better and I kind of want to get back to that and I know what it requires. And so it's not like I'm against taking the time to exercise. It was just 
spending the money and getting the gym membership that was that was holding me back. Is this the Hollywood LA Fitness? Hollywood LA Fitness? In in Hollywood? No, at Lloyd Center. Oh. Here here in beautiful Portland, Oregon. Yeah, it's right next to the mall. Sweet. Oh yeah, it's actually pretty nice. I bet. I I, I wondered about that because I've often heard it used to be like Bally's, and I never heard anything good about the Bally's. I've never heard anything good about Bally's anywhere. Well, they got bought by LA Fitness, I believe. Oh, there's maybe yeah, there is an LA Fitness near my house that uh, has a problem with people breaking into the uh, lockers, which is one thing. Except it's it's in my neighborhood, which is like a cop neighborhood so a lot of cop guns have been stolen there <laughs> so. there should not be people there ought to be enough people around that that yeah. you should not be easy to break in the that, that that's like also understaffing. why are you leaving your gun i don't know there's well, like there's yeah, a there's whole a, scenario yeah, there but it's where, all bad yeah 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 but so apparently there was like a huge chicago cop issue where cop guns kept getting stolen at the la fitness that's like keystone cops yeah right i was is. like i'm not going to that la fitness so. Yeah, well, and so, yeah, I, I'm perfectly – so anyway, so far I'm happy. I only just started last week, so, you know, we're we're just getting into the swing of it. But uh, I think that – what was my point? My point was uh, – you declared, you declared fitness a bankruptcy. A certain fitness bankruptcy, right? You know, and I think, right, it, 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 for my own sake, just declaring bankruptcy and then carrying on with – you know, I mean, you could also declare bankruptcy and say, screw it, I'm not going to exercise – which, which is, you know, which, you know, and I do think that can be healthy because sometimes we, we beat ourselves up. Like we set up this, again, it becomes, takes on this moral element, right? Where it's like, well, I should be working out or I should be yeah. doing this. I should be fit answering this. I emails. should be this, right? And there's this point in which you really go, well, you're not. And so now, you know, really the healthy thing is to decide, do you actually want to or do you actually not want to? And if you right. actually don't want to, maybe forgive yourself, but then also give up the give up the, the ambition because you're not really doing it, you know? Yeah, and, I, I think uh, n- not answering the emails and not committing bankruptcy is sort of failing but not admitting it. And and admitting bankruptcy but doing nothing different is sort of failing and not learning anything. <laughs> unless maybe you – unless you give up, right? And giving up is sometimes okay. Like, I mean, I think you can declare bankruptcy and then say – But then be like, okay, here's – I'm not doing email. Right, 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 right. right here, <laughs> Don't email me. I will not answer. But, I'm never doing right, email here again. Here are the changes I'm making in the future and that change could be I'm never answering an email again. And it, and it might that's be a, fine. It might be a simple change. Like yeah. that, that's a pretty easy change yeah. kind of. But yeah, right. You have to sort of – you know, you can sort of say, well, screw it. I'm not going to work out. Like I'm, I haven't worked out. So rather than beating myself it up – It doesn't make me happy. It doesn't, it doesn't make me happy. Yeah. So I'm just not going to freaking do it. I mean, you you just sort of live with the consequences. And I think that's really what happens is that folks, myself included, you want that change and you don't want the consequences that come with it. You want to, you know, you sort of want to be like, oh, I don't want to work out, but I don't want to sort of be flabby or I don't want to feel weak and like feel like I'm not able to do things. How do I fix? I know, but I will not do anything. Uh, Yeah. So I think we're in the middle of a a switch because there was like, feel bad about yourself for not doing things. That's not helpful. And then be like, be cool with failure. That's sort of the stage we're in, which is cool. That's fine. But you should be cool with failure because you're fixing it and not failing. Failure yeah. is, 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 it makes you learn things. Right. It's a step in the path. Right. Yeah. It's like, you know. But when it's not a step in the path and it's just like, well, I failed. That's okay. It's sort of like the, the helicopter parent conundrum. Yeah. I heard an interview uh, on, on NPR the other day. 
then it's a woman who is the dean of freshmen at Stanford University. So do do take into account the set we're talking about here. But she's written some book that's basically critical of of young adults' ability to run their own lives and sort of with advice for how to get your children, your your future young adult, to be able to run his or her own life. And one characteristic she noted was, you know, the sort of helicopter parents who never quite let their kids fail. So they don't know how to fail. So when it happens, it's crushing. And they don't also know how to take away the lesson of the, you know, sort of the, and I've always felt, you know, certainly in the times when I've been a teacher or been a a boss uh, where I had young people working for me, people younger than I, um, I understood the value of they need, like, you don't have to fail, but if they, if they're going to fail, sometimes you have to let them and certainly maybe insulate yourself or, you know, clients or other people from that failure, if possible, you can't always, but that if it happened, let it happen because, you know, perhaps they'll learn from it. If they don't, well, then that, that's its own issue, but, uh, you know, that it's an important step on the learning path, but you do need to sort of, it helps to learn something from it. Well, yeah. And the whole idea, so, you know, the whole idea of like being freaked out to fail is bad, but the idea of failing, being okay and learning nothing from it is equally bad. Like those are equally bad situations. Like the fail fetish, right? Yeah, right, right. In, in the entrepreneurial mindset of the, you know, how many fails did you have? You right. must, you know, right. I mean, because course, then you're just being a jerk and not answering email, which is fine, but like make that conscious decision. Well, yeah. lots of people want justifications for being a jerk. So, right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I do, <laughs> you know, there's a lot of that, but you know, as it is, what's interesting to me, Right. In in thinking about this is, is because of, of digital culture, right? And uh, is these trends such as they are, because they, I think they tend to be kind of trendy. They pick up very quickly, you know, and it's sort of like it is sort of piling on. And it's not that these trends didn't happen before. I'm certain of it, you know, uh, in the 80s, it, you know, you had television and radio and magazines and things that would help kind of latch onto a trend. And often they happen. So they would happen socially, interpersonally between people before your mass media picked up on it. But it's sort of interesting to me now that that these things kind of pick up and move fast. You know, this idea, you know, like the fail uh, sort of ideology for lack of a better way of putting it, the, you know, and the bankruptcy ideology and, and all of these things. And, and people want to, want to kind of pile on. It's like that. It's like, it's, it, you know, it's like life hacker, you know, it's like yeah, life yeah. hacks, right? We all want to, we all want to get better. We all want to get better. We all want to get better, but it's and often it's more like, well, it seems like we, we want to get better, but we actually don't. We want to get better. We want this situation to get better, but not to do anything about it. So yeah, I mean, <laughs> so it's always the same problem then. Well, so I think that's part of the issue with this is like, especially with email and Facebook, like I, there's totally tools that are very readily available, even within your Gmail, to fix this, and yes. and yet like people choose not to do that because it is a little bit harder. Well, I get that. I think it's that overhead. I I, I do no, think I, it's, I'm not, it's again. This is not yeah. a guilting. But I, I do know a lot of people who are, you know, very pro Twitter and very anti Facebook because they're like, oh, Facebook, everyone thinks there's no privacy. And it's like, actually, that was an issue five years ago. But now they've actually fixed a lot of that, except you have to spend 10 minutes to like do hickey I with visit, it. I visit my, my, my parents. I sit down with my mother for the 10 minutes, to you know, yeah. which she wants to right. review her Facebook settings because she knows they change and we can review them to make sure yeah. that she's uh, got her privacy the way she wants it. Right. And I think especially now. Uh, knowing a lot of people within those sorts of companies or being within, uh, you know, a user community of one where it's like, 
we've fixed all that. You've just chosen to complain instead of actually like go do anything about it. And I do know, I know someone who works at Facebook who just is so irritated when people are like, ah, why is Facebook the great evil? Why won't they let me do this thing? They will totally let you do that thing. You just have to go into that settings. And maybe it is hard. Maybe they should make it easier. That's a different argument. Um, I think, you know, you're using this this thing very unconsciously because we all use email or we all use Facebook. And I, I feel like there's this increased responsibility, give up of responsibility where it's like, well, if Gmail didn't make it immediate, like an immediate setting, then uh, it just doesn't exist. So and? is bankruptcy the new selling out? No, I think... <laughs> No, because you get things from selling out. <laughs> I don't think you get. I don't think you get anything from from bankruptcy. Okay. I think. Uh, hmm. Well, you do. You 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 get off the hook. Yeah, but you don't abdicate responsibility by selling out. Hmm. Which we both have in the in the meantime in the in the hiatus sold out. Yeah. Well, we, yeah, that was the last episode. Was we sold out? Yeah. So we we've declared. Everyone knows that. If not, go back to <laughs> go back to episode number thirty. We sold out in the wayback machine. But I think we more specifically sold out in a uh, in a like businessy way. I suppose. Yeah. Now that I work for big podcasting. Yeah. <laughs> I've heard that now. I, I heard, and they're like, "Well, if you mineral, big podcasting, yeah." I, yeah, I don't. I, I would direct people to howetsyrapedamerica.com. <laughs> it's a real website wow. uh, about how I sold out. All Not right. me personally. So if we're go- if we're going to summarize that, yeah. So the idea here is that bankruptcy can be good. Yes, but it's examine probably, your reasons. It's probably in your best interest then to uh, to set some new paths so that you. Don't have to declare bankruptcy anytime again soon. Whatever, whether it's e- mostly digital, email bankruptcy, what's, Twitter bankruptcy. What's changing to yeah. make you not do have to do this again? That's right, exactly. And you're probably that'll make it good. And just like what's changing here, right? So we'll we'll make it. We'll make a plan for for number thirty two, right? Right. And so, and well, let's talk this. I think we should share. Okay. We should be. We All should. Right. We should because it's it's on me here, right? So let me let me uh, let me fess up here. So where I get caught is in the editing. And this shouldn't require any goddamn editing. And I do editing. nothing. No, I do nothing. And it should so require not- no. And it shouldn't require any fucking editing. So uh, what we're going to do here, if if you'll indulge me, when we when I click stop, you're going to watch me get the theme song and stick it in the project, which is sitting in front of me. I'm going to so pee that, first, but I will do that. Yeah, you'll pee <laughs> the bio break, and I'm going to do it so that basically the you're show done. Done. is going to be done. When you by the time that 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 and so even if we do this like uh, next time we'll we'll of course be recording it uh, probably remotely but you can I, I can still do it while right. you're, while we talk and BS a little bit because it doesn't take very long and and I think yeah I think we should do that because we always chat after it anyway that's right and so it will be done right it won't be sitting there waiting for me to deal with and then I don't deal with it so future Paul does not have to be uh, burdened by by present Paul and I'll, I think we should always have a date. For the next one, yes. And if we have to cancel, that's fine. But you have to make a new date. That's right. Yes. Great. We will. We, we will make that date. <laughs> we can make that date right now. We can do I it. On... We, I don't think we have to do it on the. Okay. All right. But I don't think anyone cares. <laughs> I know. I know one person who cares. Oh, that's true. I yeah. I feel like. Um. I think the other thing is. I think to mention that you have you've started another podcast. I have that you should plug. I should. I, yeah. You should listen. Um, if you like more of the radio talk, this is all about radio, but also about podcasting. We're actually so tomorrow, and this will be uh, on an episode that 
will go live after this one goes live. This is how on top we're going to oh. be. We're talking to somebody. Finally, we get top billing. We're talking to somebody who quit her podcast. Ooh, that's exciting. So she has a... Uh, she declared podcast bankruptcy. Uh, for all intents and purposes, yeah. yeah. She had a uh, podcast that was on two different networks. Most recently, she was on Maximum Fun. Uh, it's called Rendered now, but it started yeah, off as Destination it. DIY. It's a fantastic show. She's amazingly talented, but is, you know, and she explained on her last edition that basically, you know, this has gotten to be too much. And she's like, I'm doing the ultimate DIY project. I'm having a kid and, you know, I have a day job. She works at Oregon Public Broadcasting and she is producer for a very good show there too. Um, and is like, this is it. I got to, I got to quit right now. And uh, we asked her to be on to kind of talk about that because we do talk about podcasting. We're trying to kind of cut through some of the, you know, when podcasting, you got these like the guys who are like, podcast and it'll be your new career and blah, blah, blah. And the big like super entrepreneur podcast guru guys. It's like how you should uh, hand make things and sell them on the internet. Yeah, exactly. As a career. And and then there's also folks who are way more like kind of indie community radio kind of thing. And that's also good. And just trying to help people kind of think through like what they can do with a podcast. Right. And not, and, and, you know, and, and I'm, if you think, if you think you can make money with it, I think you should do it and just understand it's like making money with opening up a pizza joint. Right. Like it, like even, even if you're bringing in money, doesn't mean you're actually making money. So you, you know, it's, it's not that simple, but anyway, so that's uh, radio survivor, yes. radio survivor.com slash podcast. If, if you're interested, it's uh, currently weekly. We usually have an update about college radio. We do a lot of college radio talk. And then uh, my favorite segment is Lassar's letter on radio, where uh, historian Matthew Lassar uh, shares a little bit of uh, radio history in three or four minutes. And uh, I hold I hold no grudges that you have another podcast, <laughs> despite audience members asking can, me about it and feeling people felt bad about for me about it. Someone actually like, like I was ignoring you. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So I'm fine with it. It's fine. Well, it's we, fine, we're all we're all. You see, that's why I had to come clean, declare <laughs> bankruptcy. <laughs> Um, I get was, no more. I have like no more. It's like the Ashley pod- Madison of podcasts. You were just, you were just outed. <laughs> was just, was, it was, it was for, uh, it, it was for research. It was just for research. <laughs> you and Josh Docker hired me to do an article. Uh, yeah. So now I just have no podcast credit left. Yeah, it's true. I've got a credit score of twelve. Yeah, it's true. You had yeah. So what do you have a thing you like? I have so many things I like. Yeah, talk about. Yeah, about some things you like. Uh, well, I'm trying to think. I should just talk one because I should store them up for later. I would say that – and I, I, I can't remember what my the thing I liked last time was. I should look. No idea. No idea. No idea. I will yeah. say uh, 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 because I was in Seattle also this month, a thing I like is the Value Village on uh, I think like 11th and Pine. It's an amazing Value Village. I bought $100 worth of clothing at a Value Village all new. Wow. It's pretty sweet. I'm, this I, thing I'm wearing. Wow. Yeah. Purchased there. Yeah. Does not look like a valid value. Village, no, it's an uh, e-shocky dress. It's very wow. nice. Um, and uh, uh, I would say the other thing I like is a podcast. So, um, y- you know, hopefully our listeners will not have to listen to other podcasts because now we're we're back with a vengeance. Yeah, that's right. Um, but uh, I know I have recommended Adventure Time before, and if you are not watching that, you should be watching it, especially if you like the show. I think because. Um, it seems like a children's show, but it examines a lot of like personal issues and who are you, and it's very it's very deep. Um, but uh, there's a show called Conversation Parade, which is um, John Moe of Minnesota Public Radio 
and Open Mike Eagle, who's a rapper, and they do an episode. They do um, a podcast about Adventure Time where they interview someone involved and then just talk about like a philosophical issue related to Adventure Time. Frequently about like how the dads at Adventure Time are real bogus and bad at their <laughs> bad at their jobs. I've never watched it. It's so, so good. Everyone should watch it. Oh wow! All right, so uh, I now know what I talked about last time. So and you should watch talk- it in order, by the way. Like, don't just watch an episode. Okay. Watch it in order. I know, I know that I makes that you commitment. not want to do that. That's fine. Yeah, it makes me not want to do it. It's your loss. Um, the thing I like these, I love my Sonos. Oh, right. Yeah, you loved Sonos. I remember that. Yeah, I don't know. If, I don't think I've talked about it, though. Last time it was about a it was a cork turntable mat. You may have talked about it on one of the lost episodes. You I definitely talked about it on a lost episode. All right. Well, I'm bringing it all I'm back. Bringing it back. We're bringing it back. Love the Sonos. Sonos is a uh, kind of digital wireless speaker system. That uh, it's got a really cool app. So you just connect it up to your Spotify or your your local storage, your iTunes or whatever else. And it plays music. But it sounds really good. And the app is super usable. It's really easy to like to cue things up and just make it play. The, the speakers sound really good. I also have the Sonos Connect, which connects up to my stereo system. It sounds great. And it just changes your relationship to music. Because, like, if you search and you have multiple uh, accounts, like if you got, like, a Google Play and you got some stuff on Amazon Music and you got some stuff on Deezer or, or Spotify, it finds it wherever it is. Mm. So it's not like, oh, you got to know where it is. And it finds it if it's a radio station. It finds it wherever you might have some account. It just unifies it. You can create playlists and everything's in a queue. And so it's really easy. And, like, friends come over and say, oh, I wish I could hear some of this. Well, here, look for it, you know, and they just stick it in the queue and then we're listening. It's great. So I, I can't uh, I can't uh, say enough nice things about Sonos. And if I could recall correctly, you got a trial one for free and then you purchased it. That's how yeah, much you liked I, yeah, it. Yeah, well, it, I wasn't a, I didn't get to keep it for free. No, that's what it I'm saying. And you bought unit. it. And then you yeah, bought it. I reviewed it uh, for a few weeks and then I was like, holy cow, this is so great. Yeah. And then I bought two of them. Sweet. Yeah. So, you know, and I know there's other systems that do that kind of thing and they're probably good too. Um, the folks at Denon got a hold of me. They have a system and they're like, would you like to try this out? And I said, sure. And then they never call me back. I'm like, all right, Bummer. your loss. They were, they're not checking their email is what they're doing. That's exactly it. And they're PR like, pe- oh, we got to reply to that call. PR people out of anybody. Yeah, they really should, should be, be checking this. their yeah, yeah, email. Yeah, 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 it's true. Okay. Well, uh, this is a good episode. Yeah. Jenny and Paul sellout.com. No, sorry, it's selloutpodcast.com. Yeah, I'm looking you don't right even at know. it. You don't selloutpodcast.com yeah. uh, is where to find it uh, if you found it somewhere else. Yeah. All the show notes, all the stuffs. Yep. I hope to see you soon. Yes. See you soon. <laughs> Thank you, Jenny. Bye. Thank you, Paul. <laughs>